Let us stand in body or in spirit as we listen for a word from God. Today's scriptures are from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 22. I'll be reading from the message translation. The interest of the people by now was building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this be John the Messiah? But John intervened. I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm merely a stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going, he's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its power in its proper place before God. Everything else he'll put out with the trash to be burned. After all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized. As he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, You are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. This is the word of the Lord. So has anybody told you today that you're the beloved of God? Oh, let me be the first. You're the beloved daughters of God. You're the beloved sons of God. And it's not because you're so good and you are good. It's because God is good. That's where we get our belovedness. That's what puts us in the flow of God's love. One of the ways that I know quite clearly I'm in the flow of God's love is when I'm with my family, with Julie and Matthew and Elizabeth, I feel like I'm in the flow of God's love. Especially when we're on vacation together, when we're on a long road trip together and listening to a podcast or a downloaded story, an audio book, or when we're visiting some special place and we're sharing that experience together, it brings me great joy. Um, One of those places this past summer was uh, on our way to Toronto. We stopped at Niagara Falls. Have any of you been to Niagara Falls? Some of you have. Good. All right. Well, let me show you this this video of uh, our family. So every second Sunday of January, we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. And we're invited to remember our baptism. Most of our baptisms was done with a little sprinkling of water. But the kind of abundance that God gives us, the grace that flows from God, is really more like Niagara Falls. Remember your baptism and be thankful. So I don't know if you could tell by that, but I had, my glasses were just full of water. That was the second take. (laughs) The first take was actually when the, what is the boat called? The Maid of the Mist, Maiden of the Mist, was kind of right under the falls. And my kids were kind of laughing at me because not only was it looking like I was just being drenched, but... The boat was rocking, and I was getting kind of tossed about, and it was just not happening. So this was the second take, and, and the abundance of water was just so overwhelming. It's such a 
made such a deep impression on me. And I thought that's kind of a glimpse, a metaphor of how God's love is just this overwhelming outpouring of love and grace and compassion and life. And a little sprinkling of water sometimes doesn't do it justice. So the next picture you can see was after the second take. This is when we're just laughing at how disorienting and joy-filled it is to be overwhelmed with water, overwhelmed with the falls of Niagara, and overwhelmed with the joy of just being together. The, um, the grace... The no-matter-whatness of God's grace is what we delight in, in our baptism. That God claims us no matter what. God loves us no matter what. God accepts us no matter what. God adopts us into God's family no matter what. No matter what our past is, no matter what our baggage is, no matter what our life experience is, no matter what God says at our baptism, we're now family, and I will always be with you. The scriptures that were read this morning are very helpful in pointing us to some of the gift that comes with our baptism. John the Baptist said, there's one who is coming, his winnowing fork is in his hand and will divide the wheat from the chaff. Now, I don't know about you, but when I grew up in the church, hearing that, there was kind of a foreboding message there that you want to be wheat, you don't want to be chaff. Because the chaff gets burned up, thrown into the fire. Now, I don't know if the word fire in my little mind thought, well, that must be referring to hell. And I heard that story as one that would cause a little bit of worry. Are are we going to be thrown into fire? Are my friends going to be thrown into fire? And I, I have since learned that there is a different way of understanding that passage. In fact, the message translation that we heard this morning says, the chaff is all that is false. Whatever's false will be thrown into the fire. We won't need that anymore. This is good news. Henry Nouwen, one of the great spiritual writers and Christians of the 20th century said, we are not what we have. We are not what we do. We are not what people say about us. We are the beloved sons and daughters of God. That's where our true identity comes from. But how many of us are wrapped into the false identity of what we have? What we do. Or we identify ourselves by what others say about us. That is all a false identity that we don't need anymore. It can be burned up. The scriptures today say it will be put out with the trash. Ha! That is good news. That is good news. We don't need to hang on to that 
false stuff anymore. It's not necessary. And it's not who we really are. The other passage, part of this passage that is almost a toss-off line, but I see this as a, a clue that might unlock something. The scriptures say, while Jesus was still praying, the heavens opened up, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove, and a voice could be heard saying, this is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. While he was still praying, Something happens when we are still praying. Something opens up when we are still praying. And that may be helpful for us as we unpack the gifts and significance of our own baptism. That we need to pray. Now we all pray in different ways because we're different people with different life experiences different understandings of how the Holy Spirit works. But however we pray, let's keep praying. Because at some level, prayer opens a door to God, to us. Maybe prayer opens a door for God who is seeking us. Maybe prayer opens a a way of seeing for us that we can actually see God differently. Maybe we'll see ourselves and our own identity differently. Maybe we'll see one another differently through prayer, through baptism, through the grace of God. This past week we had a church council meeting And at the beginning of every church council meeting, we have a moment of spiritual vitality where we engage an idea or a scripture that deepens our relationship with God and deepens our relationship with one another. The scripture that we read was from John 14, the 20th verse, where Jesus says to his disciples and to us, Then you will know... I am one with the Father. You will know that you are one with me and I am one with you. And it pointed us to the veracity and depth and power of the prayer statement that our church has adopted where we are praying for oneness with Christ, oneness with each other, and oneness in ministry. This is Christ's hope for us, that we experience this oneness. And our baptism can help with this. And praying can help with this. And God's grace can help with this. And at our church council meeting, I read a passage from Thomas Merton in his book, Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander. He writes about what is possible, what is potentially ours through prayer, through God's grace, through our baptism, and it is a way of seeing one another that can change everything. Let me read to you about something that happened to Thomas on the corner of 4th 
and walnut in Louisville. Not a mountaintop experience. Not even in a beautiful church. But in the commonplace of a street corner is where the Spirit opened Thomas to see something significant. And that potential is for us, too, who are intentional and open in our prayer. He writes, In Louisville, at the corner of 4th and Walnut, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I was theirs, that we could not be alien to one another even though we were total strangers. It was like waking from a dream of separateness, of spurious self-isolation in a special world, the world of renunciation and supposed holiness. This sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud. I have the immense joy of being a human being a member of a race in which God, God's self, became incarnate. As if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me, now I realize what we all are. And if only everybody could realize this, but it cannot be explained There is no way of telling people that they are walking around shining like the sun. Then it was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of their hearts, the depth of their hearts, where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach. The core of their reality the person that each one is in God's eyes. If only they could all see themselves as they really are. If only we could see each other that way all the time. Wouldn't it change our lives if we walked to the corner of Van Doren and Maine or walked across to Cafe Villa on a Friday afternoon when quite literally hundreds of middle school kids are getting pizza and we saw them as shining like the sun. Or if in our neighborhoods or our families or our workplaces we could see one another as shining like the sun. It would change everything. It would change our own perception of who we are. It would change our perception of who one another is, of who God is. 
And our baptism can help with this. And intentional prayer can help open our eyes to this vision. And God's grace can help us to see all people as people of sacred worth. It's not Niagara Falls. But it has power. And God just might use this. This water. And our willingness to touch this water and be reminded of our baptism may be helpful to us. At this season of our lives that we might walk differently and look differently and be vessels of God's grace to someone else. You know, we, in years past, have used the United Methodist Hymnal and the covenant, the, the recommitment of our baptismal covenant, the renewal of our baptismal vows, but sometimes I sense those words are so common that they lose their power and they become rote. And so I want to invite you, as you wish, to respond to some simple questions that may help us as followers of Jesus. Do you, at this season of your life, do you want to Reaffirm what was said and done at your baptism. If so, will you say, I do? Do you want to put your trust in God's grace again at this season? Of your life? If so, will you say, I do? At this season of your life, do you want to follow Jesus? If so, will you say, I do? Then come. Come and touch the waters of your baptism. And I will say, remember your baptism and be thankful. And you can respond however you wish, perhaps simply with the word, Amen. Come, come as you wish. Friend, remember your baptism and be thankful.